Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for season three, episode two of Wire in the Blood, Bad Seed. <laughs> Ooh, doggy. I'd forgotten how it ended. I mean, I remembered the episode. Yeah. I'd forgotten how it ended. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, let's get started again. You... Uh, opens with a brutal oh. murder. Yeah, just a brutal murder. Yep, opens. And then it turns out that this is uh, a... You know, this is uh, tied directly into Mac the Knife, a serial killer from the 1970s, who is a combination of the Yorkshire Ripper yeah. and a guy named Jack Unterweger, who was an Austrian serial killer. And, uh, and I mean, I'm not saying that people are messed up about sex crimes and don't understand serial killers in Europe. But the true story of Jack Unterweger is that he murdered a bunch of sex workers and went to jail. And, like, then while in jail, wrote a bunch of books about criminal psychopathy and, like, became a bit of a darling of the uh, psychology crowd. The intelligentsia. The intelligentsia, if you will. Right? Uh, and so they essentially petitioned for him to get out. Right. And so he could just, you know, write and study and be an expert in this stuff. And then he killed another sex worker. <laughs> the minute he got in. I mean, pretty soon after he actually, uh, the smart thing he did was he, um, uh, he like went to America to do like a magazine article about how people think of, uh, sex work in America versus in Europe. Right. Yeah. And it's like, maybe don't hire a serial killer to do this. Because he went and he killed a woman in America. Like, it's uh, just like, I understand that, you know, serial killers and this combination of lust and violence is actually a very important thing to look at, especially when we get into how sex workers are treated. But maybe we don't need books by serial killers on this subject. Uh, but yeah, had they not let this guy out of jail, there's at least one woman who would still be alive because you know what? Uh, it's really hard. How do we put this in the same way that you can't convert someone from being gay? You can't, uh, convert someone from being a sadist. Like when it comes down to it, murder is their sexual orientation and you can't change that. You can section them off. You can make sure they never do anything. But I don't believe that's curable any, you know, more than I believe being gay is curable. And the difference, of course, is being gay is something that, as far as we can tell, you were born with. Whereas this is damage that is done to your wiring when you're very young. But until we learn to rewire the brain, this stuff isn't fixable. No, I, I think that, the, and that's what's so hard to explain to people. Yeah. They don't seem to want to get it. Yeah. Um, it is, um, oh, I, time and time again, you try and explain once a predator, always a predator. Mm -hmm. It is not going to change. It wanes to some extent when people get really, really old. Yep. Um, uh, but it doesn't 
change and the urges don't go away and the way of looking at the world doesn't go away and when a predator yes and it's everybody else's fault and Mm -hmm. it's the children want it and the sex workers deserve it and Mm -hmm. you know all of all of that rationale is you couldn't unwind the damage because so often the damage happened so early yeah that it's as you say it gets hardwired into the brain environment it is not when you say something gets hardwired into the brain it doesn't mean you go into the brain it doesn't mean you're born with it no but you rewire the the brain is malleable yeah especially the younger you are when this damage gets done Fears that yeah, fears that you developed in childhood are much harder to get over than fears you develop as an adult. Yeah. Because yeah. the pathways are deeper in the same way stuff you were attracted to. That, you know, the the warping of uh sexuality and violence that happens and the intermingling of those threads that happens in these serial killers, we don't know to how to unwind that. We don't know how to adjust the brain. Like, we just don't know. No, because even, because first of all, it would take forever to get there. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I mean, you have to get, as you, as you see with Tony, as he periodically up to this point, right? I think the early, that first year was really good in trying to explain just how difficult yeah. it is and how long you have to spend with people. He spends five years with that woman trying to get her to accept what she did to all those kids. Yeah. You know? You know? And, um, you know, and then the end result is is in some ways disastrous. Yep. But, but at the end of the day, they do find the body. So that is nice. Whereas here, in the very first scene, right, when you see him with this serial killer... Because the social worker is there trying to get this guy oh, no, approved for release. Yeah, it's not just his social worker. I think she's the 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 therapist. But no, but and but she's the government oh. official in charge of. Yes, she's a the therapist yes. as well. You're right, but she's the government official in charge of him. Is the oh. I think clearest way to look at it, right? And oh. the thing that's so fascinating is Tony right away is like, I've read your book. I know your. No. Oh no, he hasn't read the book yet. He hasn't read it. He hadn't read the book yet. Yeah, no, you're right. No, just from but just from being with him, he knows immediately you don't regret anything you've done. Yeah. You know, it's like you were in you did this because you were into this. And it's as simple as that. Like you did this because you were into this because it got you off, and you still feel that way. And there's nothing that we can change about you. Like, Tony is 100% ready to write this guy off and lock him away in a cell forever. Yeah, well, he's already out in parole, so Tony doesn't have anything to say about that part of it. No, problem is, it's The problem is, is he wants to take Tony's classes and study because he's yep. to get himself a degree in psychology and an MA or whatever and written this book. And, mm-hmm. and he, he thinks that he has insight better insight <laughs> into psychopathy than, than tony that, does yeah that isn't a psychopath and it's just like you're just going yes but freud for all of his problems did say you can't 
be your own therapist in the end. Yep. You just cannot do therapy on yourself mm -hmm. because you are always going to avoid the hard some, stuff. Something. And whatever is whatever is deepest and whatever is hardest for you to look at. You're, yeah. I mean, by the very nature of how the human mind work, you're not going to be able to dig into that. And that's the very thing that you need to dig into. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like a doctor, you know, physician it, heal thyself, except the opposite. of that. Yeah. Well, and physician heal thyself doesn't quite work. No, right there, yeah. right? but, you exactly. know, yeah. You know, it's really hard to do an appendectomy <laughs> on yourself. Uh, come on. I'm sure not impossible, but unbelievably difficult. <laughs> As is, and the problem with people, people like this, is that it is embedded so early, mm -hmm. and and we, I mean, we know some of these statistics and how things get changed and warped. I that that's a whole other. That is a that. much bigger conversation that we're not here to have today. <laughs> no, um, but yes. So you've got this guy, and one of the reasons he is let out a mitigating factor as well is the fact that he has this rheumatoid arthritis yeah. and he can't do anything with his hands particularly. Mm -hmm. And he, he has been given a computer, right? With, uh, what the hell was that stuff called? Remember the early dragon? Yeah. The, the right. early dragon voice thing to do his writer. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that would, I would assume. It's the closest equivalent. Yeah. yeah. But this is, 2002 or something 2003 so we're talking something like dragon oh yeah um so he's been given that and he's going to be they want he wants him to go to the seminars tony's not convinced he's ready to go into a seminar mm -hmm. and doesn't doesn't agree to that i think the interesting thing of that is when they're walking out right yeah the woman is is carrying her briefcase and then he just you know, she just hands it to him. He, he walks out carrying her briefcase for her. Yep. And Tony just looks at it and goes, Oh, no. In his head, right? What's going on? Yep. He knows he right to, away. And he does confront much later on. He does oh, confront yeah. her this about this situation. And it is, it's an indictment of women who fall in love with serial killers. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of things always in these. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like, uh, I'm not. I'm not for shaming people for what they're attracted to. But any time I see one of these women who falls in love with a serial killer, I'm just like, "Come on, isn't it easier to just get therapy?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they've got a they've got a deep seated, yeah, wish to destroy themselves. I guess I yeah, don't it's like, know. Like the, the old meme, you know, of men would rather do X than go to therapy. And it's like, women would rather marry a serial killer than get therapy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like there's that famous woman who, like, extensively, uh, Sandra London, who dated two different serial killers and, like, published a book of a guy's, of a guy's snuff fantasies. Like, all the short stories he wrote about his serial killer. And I'm like... Again, I don't want to just yell at this woman, but at the same time, I do. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, who damaged you? This badly that yeah. you, somehow or another, this person is, I guess, redeemable by the love of a good woman. I don't know. Oh, my um, God. And that there's nothing wrong with fantasies. It's just 
putting them into action. Well, yeah, the only reason he's writing that fantasies is because he can't put them into action anymore. (laughs) I know. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, there are times when you just try really, really hard not to be too judgmental. (laughs) I know, it's tough, though. (laughs) But it is so, It can be difficult, is all I'm saying. All right, so... uh, (laughs) And now, you, a- now that you understand what this episode is about, let's actually start digging into the episode because, spoiler alert, there's a murder right away. <laughs> yes, we've already told you that. It opens with a murder yeah. of a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get another murder. And later. she's cut up and yeah. she's cut up. And then eerily know. similar to the way that uh, Mac the Knife cut women up. Yes. Yeah, it is, uh, and we find out that he got caught after killing only two women, and he claims that, you know, he wanted to stop, and that's why he turned himself in, whereas Tony's belief is that he wanted the attention. Like, he, he did this sloppy. for fame and the attention, and he got sloppy. Yeah, he was just sloppy and got caught. Yeah. No, Tony doesn't think it was intentional. He just thinks he was bad at being a serial killer. Yeah. And I think we know what side we're going to be on. Yeah, so there it is. Because I, I think the person who played William McCavenham did it. Oh, my job. God. He did a great job. Yeah. I love this performance. Like, I don't know yeah. what that actor's from. I've definitely seen him in other things. But he's so creepy in this. He's so... That's yeah. a chilling performance. Yes. that Well, the whole episode is, is chilling. It's a rough one. And... um in some ways because it's really hard to sort through this mm-hmm. what's what's happening um tony is convinced right from the beginning that mcadam has something to do with this he has to yeah yeah and um he just can't quite figure it out and then you've got the red herring of the student who is a convinced- big fan of tony's a big fan of Tony's, but convinced that Tony Tony thinks he's brilliant. Yeah. But Tony, but he's convinced that Tony underestimates the inherited quality, and mm-hmm. the reason, of course, that is that is a red herring. Yeah. Um, that because you go, oh, hmm, is this about? Is he sort of an illegitimate child of mm-hmm. McAdam or something? It's I mean, definitely. I mean, it's the show expertly leads you down that uh that garden path <laughs> yeah that is the garden path we are led down and it's like when i was watching it because i couldn't remember exactly what the detail was because yeah. they not only do that scene with him about the inherited and the guy implying that he has a bunch of kids in his book right uh yes. mcadams implies he has a bunch of kids in his book and then you get the scene where he um oh god and then you get the scene where uh, McAdams announces that, you know, he's making friends. Uh, he's, you know, making friends among all of the students. And that here's uh, here's one I'd like you to meet, but the guy doesn't come into the classroom with him. And you're like, what is going on here? Well, yes. And, and um, you know, and what has happened, of course, is that the the serial killer who is kill- has killed now two women, mm-hmm. right, is... Um, has left clues. Yeah. And, um, you know, so you've got... Who McCann- am I is one of them. Yes. And the other one is chapter 13. 
No, chapter four. Oh, chapter fourteen. Chapter fourteen, because thirteen is the last chapter in McAdams's book, meaning this is the next chapter of McAdams's story. Okay, wait. It's not McAdams' book that it's chapter thirteen in. It is a book on serial killers. Oh, and you're right. McAdams is chapter is the, thirteen. Is chapter thirteen, and he's chapter fourteen. It's the last. You're right. It's not McAdams' book. It's, it's yeah. It's the yeah, book. It's about. another book. And McAdam makes it, Mac the Knife is the last story in it, and it's the 13th chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And so now this, whoever's doing this is going chapter. Writing the 14th chapter. Which the crazy part is like, I feel like that got used on Criminal Minds, that formulation. But I don't remember exactly where. That just seemed Uh, familiar to me. Yeah. Well, you know, we'd have to check into it. Maybe somebody on Criminal Minds like uh, enjoyed uh, this. Yeah. Uh, um, well, you'd be crazy not to. It's it's wine Simon, blood. Simon, what's his face? The Simon Mirren might have enjoyed yeah. this. Who can say? I might, might have watched this, right? Um, it is um, it 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 is interesting as you're watching as you're watching it, right? Because mm-hmm. Tony meets with with the man, Muth McAdam again. Yep. And has read the book, and yep. thinks rather facile. <laughs> <laughs> And then he throws it at him, and of course the guys catches it with his right hand. Yep. Oh, it turns out his arthritis isn't as bad as he said it was. Uh huh. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course the excuses that he gets from the therapist and uh, I guess whoever's working with him is that yes, he's doing an awful lot of uh, physiotherapy. Physiotherapy, and it's working. Uh, you know, and Tony's not buying that one either. Not for a second. In the meantime, but what we've missed, of course. Yeah, no, we haven't talked about the entire uh, red herring of like what else is going on in the story because it ends up being very important to how Tony solves the case. Mm. Yeah. But there is the business at the beginning where, um, why do I never remember it's DCI Jordan Carroll. Carol Jordan. Carol yeah. is sitting in a in a women's clinic. Mm-hmm. And finds out she is not pregnant. Yes, and you see this woman, but but the important part is you see this woman who needs an abortion. Yeah. And she's and she's uh you know, clicking her hands and everything else. Mm-hmm. Right? And so then about halfway through, but yeah. Carol finds out that she's not pregnant and, you know, as the doctor says, well, I guess you're happy about this. And then Carol's kind of, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, that, that's the big problem when you are getting close to the end of your, mm-hmm. your, like she's going to have to make a, de- a decision really soon about whether she wants children. Yes. And this, this, you know, surprise pregnancy for with, from her sleeping with whoever the hell John is, the guy who leaves a message on her phone that we've never met. One of yeah. her many casual relationships because Carol is emotionally unavailable. Yeah. Uh, right. Whoever the quote unquote father was like, this has triggered something in her that she's going to have to start thinking about. And she's been avoiding thinking about up until this point. Yeah. Well, and if she was pregnant, of course she is, she is work driven. Exactly. So the minute you have a pregnancy, there's a real problem. Oh, yeah. Especially given the ridiculously high-pressure job she has. Yeah. So, Uh you know, it would make a radical shift. 
And I am sure that when she went, she was she went to the women's clinic because she was going to have an abortion if she was pregnant. Yeah. But finding out that she and, wasn't opened up all of these different emotions that she wasn't expecting, yeah. which is what she, you know, goes through in the rest of the episode. Yeah. As she's talking to Tony. Um, so then they find the body of the woman that was killed right at the opening part of the episode. Mm hmm. And it turns out that Carol recognizes the jewelry and can't figure out where she's remembering it from. And of yeah. course, that's just, you know, only because she wants to forget everything about it. Yeah, she's right? blocked out the rest of that day. Yeah, the rest of that kind of that whole experience. She's just stuck it in the back of her mind, doesn't want to think about it. She can't remember where she's seen this mm -hmm. jewelry. And so she asks Tony to hypnotize him. He doesn't want to. Yeah, it's a very hypnosis. invasive thing. Hip hypnosis is very invasive. Mm -hmm. And, and um, she, you know, he doesn't want to do it because if she's she is covering something up, yeah. he doesn't want to know what yeah. it is. And she, does, she probably doesn't want him to know. Mm -hmm. And she, he recognizes that, but she isn't, you know doesn't understand how the hypnosis is going to work and she isn't facing up to the fact that she is just like every other woman who hits 40 <laughs> right who says yeah. do i or do i not want to have children yeah like this is the this is the go no go line you have to make a decision now yeah and and if you want to have it naturally and you don't want to adopt and exactly all of those all of those will things. i bear a child and part of it is carol i am sure thinks she's better than all these other women of course like people are shocked when when women all of a sudden in their 40s kind of have who have never wanted children yeah. in their lives right mm -hmm. or you know or for one reason or another right yeah can't have children and it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden you get to that point where, okay, it's not a choice anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. And Carol is so big on controlling her life. Taking this choice away from her is, yeah, like, she can't deal with that. Yeah. It's a, it's this, this business of, not being able to make a choice. Yeah. And, and I think she, that, I mean, that is, that is at the core of so much of her character though. It makes perfect sense that this would be a way, this would be like a really, really intense way that that played out. Yeah. So she does, but she, Tony finally relents. Mm -hmm. And of hypnotizes course, her. and hypnotizes her. And she does remember, right. But what also she does remember the woman who was going to get the abortion and her hands, her hands were covered with these rings that mm -hmm. they have found in the cut up body. Um, because yep. we see that at the very beginning of the episode, him dropping it, different garbage bags, different body parts. Mm -hmm. And, but of course it does come out. This is how Tony finds out about the pregnancy thing. Yeah. Right. And, um, so it's 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 an interesting it's again it's a subplot it's it's personnel issues yeah. um and uh carol would have had to quit drinking yeah that would not have been easy for her 
that's 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 really really yeah. that's probably the hardest part of <laughs> for her uh, yeah i can see yeah that. you know uh, now uh, meanwhile uh so yeah. this is one well, set of, there's also been a husband and wife stabbed to death the yeah. husband uh had his testicles cut off and the wife had her basically essentially stabbed in the abdomen to the point to destroy her womb. So again, clearly child rearing focused violence. Yes. Right. Or impregnation violence. Yeah. Impregnation you know? child. Rearing, yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, and this is where it gets interesting. So then we get another murder that gets, uh, well, I'm not saying it's convoluted, right? But um, the person that is suspect, uh, one of their suspects, right? Yeah. Of the, uh, in this case, one of the guys, how do they get on the guy from the canning factory? Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how they first get on to the guy from the canning factory for this double murder. Okay, well, the guy lives... In the same set of flats. That's it. Yes. Thanks. Okay. He comes home. And so they do talk to him. Yeah. And there's something hinky about him. Yeah. Right. And so that's the first guy that works at the canning. Because that's another one of these weird sub things that is going on. These two guys at the canning factory. Yeah. And specifically who had, ha who had also had a fight. Yes, then they've had a fight. And so they think, well, okay, because the woman is having sex or was pregnant, the, the couple that are Mur killed. murdered. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Okay. They were trying to get pregnant, we find out. Yeah. Okay. Wait a oh, Okay. I know. No, this is what I mean by convoluted because then what happens is the guy that he had a fight with, who he worked with at the canning factory, his wife is murdered. His wife is murdered, right? Yes. And their daughters find the thing. Yeah. The eldest daughter finds the mother. Yeah. They got these and twin goes daughters. Back yeah. And yeah. so then, but that's the guy who's, so that's the father. Then they find out the father works also at the, Canning and that's who he had the fight with. And, and so, and the, the nosy neighbors had seen those girls at the, uh, the, the suspicious guy's apartment. Yes. And, and so they assume he was a child molester. And they had, they had reported him. Yeah. And they had reported him, uh, because it was suspicious. These girls seeming troubled being there. And then we get, uh, the, the final reveal is that the husband whose wife is murdered was infertile. And yes. so the friend from work, they got him to be the father of the children and the fight was that he wanted to involve himself in the daughter's lives. Yes. But also the husband is letting his daughters go over to that man's apartment and they're seeing some things and they take his computer and sure yeah. enough, don't they find child pornography on the computer? So they've got these two guys, 
But the question is, do they have them on the murders? And the answer, of course, is no, because Tony is 100% sure that in one way or another, this is Mac the Knife's doing. Yeah. And, and, and these guys, as messed up as their situation is, have no connection whatsoever. They can't find any connection between them and Mac the Knife. Yeah. And what is really, and then you've got the two daughters who are not going to say mm -hmm. anything are not willing to yeah. say anything about these guys and then right so that's when you see why thank god carol isn't pregnant and hopefully <laughs> a decision not to ever have children yeah right because she wants to push these girls i know and tony stops her and yep. says they're not gonna what are you gonna do more damage give them time mm -hmm. when they feel safe they will talk yeah. Right? But right now, their world is falling apart. Yeah. Their this mother's dead. Their father has always had this uh, ambivalence towards them. Because they're not his biological. they're not actually his biological. What an children. asshole that Oh, I know. Is. The guy's, he's, he's terrible. No one's yeah. saying this guy isn't terrible. Uh, he's absolutely terrible. Right? Uh, right? Yep. The, he's, the guy's. The guy's terrible to his daughters. But it's like, so these kids have a completely messed up life. And so, like, pressuring them isn't going to accomplish anything. And in any event, they're not re relevant to the crime. Uh, they're not actually relevant to the, the person who's actually going around killing women. And they don't have any information about who killed their mother. Of course, Carol doesn't know that at the time. But Tony is, again, 100% certain this is all Mac the Knife's doing. Yeah, because he starts looking for the knife because they're talking about a curved knife. And yeah, it's a carpentry going knife. Through. It's a roofing knife. Sorry, yeah, a roofing knife. Yeah, a a specifically knife. A, a knife used in roofing, which is what McAdam used. Yeah, it's one so of those knives with a curved blade that you use to, like, dig under tar paper and tiles and whatnot. The same kind of weird knife you use for carpeting and such. Yeah, well, and then, then McAdam is starting to... This is where he and Tony have his confrontation and he reveals that he's up to something. And Tony has noticed that his favorite student wasn't in any of his classes today. Yeah. And so he goes looking for his favorite student and finds that his favorite student has been murdered. Brutally stabbed to death. Uh, right. And the same insult written on the wall as McAdam had said about the guy. Yep. So again, it's McAdam essentially using his cat's paw to murder somebody and even taking credit for it to taunt Tony. That's what a monster this guy is. Yeah, and Tony knows that this is... What's it, it, Tony's devastated, of course. Of course. But yeah. He knows McAdam has something to do with this. They can't figure out it. how. And how mm -hmm. the hell they end up with the guy that, that did do it all. Well, and that is, that is the thing. And it's actually pretty smart, right? Uh, because, all right. <laughs> I know it's, it's again, it is slightly convoluted, right? The whole episode is very, it is clear. 
as you're going through it, when you get to the end, it's all clear and it all makes sense. But yeah. boy, when you're watching it, yeah, because they how have, does all this fit together? The witness scene leaving one of the murder sites was a young man, youngish man with yeah. you know dark hair. So they have a general physical description of the guy they're looking for, yeah. and then they're like, okay, well, what it comes down to is we know what his motivation is. He is choosing these victims based on you know their connection to this family thing. And they're like, the who am I is a, a, as Tony comes to believe that it is literally a question of he doesn't know where he comes from. And the fact that all of these comments that McAdam have made and this thing about a book about him having children everywhere, they're like, this guy must think he, and the fact that he is positioned, the killer is positioning himself as chapter 14, as the next part yeah. of McAdam's story, like he thinks he's McAdam's son, whether that's true or not. Yes. And so all of these kill, uh, like all of these murders have tied into this idea that um, right, all of the murders have tied into fertility, have tied into uh, parental identity. And they're like, and so who is connected to all of these things? It would have to be someone who works in a place that they would have information about this. Well, yes, a fertility clinic. The fertility clinic. And so they find the person at the fertility clinic. And they do have a guy who matches those demographics and they look into his childhood history and it's the same kind of screwed up past they were expecting. So they know this is the guy and they assume he's going to be in touch with uh, McAdam. And uh, he has been. <laughs> yeah. In that he has murdered McAdam. <laughs> for lying to him about being his father. Yeah. And so now. McAdam, uh, like he has been in touch with McAdam. This entire time. Before this. Since yeah. before he got out of jail. Yeah, when he like was still this, in The jail. grooming of this guy has been like a multi-year project for McAdam. Yeah, he's in jail. He's got nothing better to do. Exactly. Right? It's it's like, you know, the tooth fairy in uh, Manhunter. Like, it's just yeah. a project of Hannibal's to get yeah. this guy to go and kill. Uh, to encourage this guy's passion for murder. Right? And so then we get this, I would say pretty darn beautiful finale uh-huh where the guy where they track down to where the guy is working and he's planning to kill himself and tony wants to prove that there is no bad seed like yeah. that you weren't born bad like that this is this is stuff you were manipulated into and he and he wants to in the same way that he knows that McAdam is completely irredeemable. He is every bit as convinced that this guy could be redeemed because his whole life has been this abuse and neglect and manipulation. And he's like, if I could get him away from that, I mean, I'm not saying he could get out someday, but it's like he could be rescued is what Tony believes. And it's very sad. And it's very sad. It's very sad because like, oh, Tony, like literally climbing up into a thing to get, try to keep the guy from jumping off and killing himself after he set the building to explode. And the guy like dying with the, you know, it's like begging Tony not to leave him so he doesn't have to die alone. Yeah. And Carol dragging Tony out Dragging of Tony away and the guy dying just like wanting to have a moment with his father before he dies. Yeah. Because he's never had that in his entire life. And you're like, oh my God. But yeah, it's like, fundamentally, 
it is an episode just about these neglected children and what happens to them. Yeah. And it is a, like, it's a really good episode on the subject. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was. All he wanted was a father. And, yeah. and here, here's the problem. And what you get is, yes, even these little girls are neglected because mm-hmm. the, the, the biological parent is this creep. Yeah. And the, the, the legal parent is, you know, has completely, completely emotionally disconnected from them. Yes. And then the same thing happened with the killer. Yeah. The killer. Where he never his father, knew his, yeah. his father never, the, the, the legal father, because he mm-hmm. was adopted. Yep. Right. Never emotionally connected to him. Yeah, because his mother also had had, I think, a fertility. Yeah. Had had a baby through a fertility clinic. So this is... It's very uh, interesting. And it's like... It's an interesting indictment of that sort of possibility, because I really wonder what... I can't remember what Carol does about all of this, but... Yeah, I'm trying to think. But because the, the no, key element matter. here is it's not the Carol stuff. It's like the the stuff with Tony and trying to like essentially speak up for these children who are completely neglected and who are completely thrown over by their parents who are just written off utterly. Yeah. It's it's a brutal episode. Yeah, like so many. Like so, so many episodes of this show. Yes, it is just brutal brutal but yeah, yeah i really really like this episode um it's it's rough to watch and it's like it's a, uh, fundamentally like this is one of the few times where the killer has been in no way held at fault for his actions and like because the message is literally that it's like he got set on this path by neglect when he was a child and then you know this other party came in to like mm-hmm. manipulate and use and saw this weakness in him and decided to use that to, fi- you know, to do his own evil stuff. Yeah. Cause of course, McAdam has now become an expert. Oh, God, the, the, uh, the scene when he like goes to the press and suggests that, uh, you know, Tony it's, is, that Tony is incompetent. How does he know about murders? He's never done one. I know. <laughs> Wow, that was that was quite a moment. <laughs> that was quite a uh, moment too, in the show. Yeah. Two gets killed. So. Yeah, no, no, yeah. He, I mean, he does. The guy realizes that this never was his father, and he murders him in a rage, yeah. which you know, good could have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, but it's just still there's no happy ending in this episode. <laughs> there's no positive result in this episode. There's no good outcome. It's just a bleak episode all around uh-huh it's a rough one yeah it's a really rough one i loved it like i think it's a really good episode but there's there's no happiness here. like everyone's miserable at the end of this episode except yeah. for the uh except for the li- the tiny little note uh where tony says that carol would make an excellent mother oh come on tony. and i'm like oh that's so nice of you to say tony but that's so obviously not true <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he will be there if you know yeah. if Carol oh, absolutely. makes that decision. Oh, of course he will. Oh, of uh, course he would to be a to be a father to this, and then he would start screaming at Carol. I could just 
I could just see it. Because you can you actually know. picture it. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of a mother she's going to be. And he knows so much about what the wrong kind of parenting does to children. So you can just imagine, you know. Just what a disaster that coupling of like co-parenting a child would be. Oh my God. It's like that scene in Criminal Minds where like, wouldn't Reed make a great father? No. <laughs> no. no, he wouldn't. He is... <laughs> He cannot cope with his own stuff. He is bad with people. He would be a terrible father. Yeah. Oh, no. Reed would not be a good father at all. Uh, some people, they're just not suited to that. And it's as simple as that. So, but yeah, uh, no, you really get that feeling about Carol as well. And it's just yeah. like, nope, not a, not a good, not a good mother would Carol make, which is interesting because as I recall, uh, they have a single mother as the new detective next season. Well, in the in the books, well, it's... The, the book Carol never leaves. No, I was talking the about book, what Carol, they do in this yeah. show. No, in this show. Well, it is interesting because what they what they do in the books, yeah, right, is that Paula, right, who's yeah. a lesbian, yeah, um, does find a partner. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, she has ends up having a partner, right? Who's actually a doctor, oh. and um, they uh, adopt children. They have, a, you know, nice. uh, they end up having children. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, oh, that's that, very interesting that they can. It it says the books are still like the show. It doesn't seem to bother me at all. Like the show is its own. It completely entity, is. Yeah, and it doesn't bother me at all. It's it's as if I could separate the two completely, which it surprises me. Well, it but, happens to us very rarely. Yeah. You know, that you're always making a comparison and one is better than the other. And I don't think that I can say, like the books, that's an interesting way to take things. And where it gets to the end of where I've gotten so far, I'm sure she's going to write more Carol and Tony. Yeah. Um, when she feels like it. And, um, the, the the spirit will move her to do the next <laughs> Tony and Carol when story. she's got well, yeah because she's got like three ongoing series oh yeah and she and, only writes one book a year so you know and she writes other stuff besides series no yeah she does like she does journalism <laughs> no it's like um and so and and but the, it's like they've got the same name they've got sort of the same characters but they're separate entities and this is as compelling as the books it is it's such a good show more, even because like i said i've only read two of the books but i yeah. love the show just as much yeah yeah it's um yeah anyway this is uh but this one was this one was so convoluted mm -hmm. i mean they normally have red herring after red herring but this one even for the show is <laughs> it is it's a very convoluted episode there's a it, lot no. going on here and what I had forgotten is that is that McAdam gets murdered in the end. Yep. For whatever reason. And I have watched it twice before this. This is my third run through. And for some reason, I... You didn't remember that plot element. I couldn't remember. The, I didn't remember as I'm going through it that McAdam... I mean, I knew McAdam got his comeuppance. I just yeah. didn't know how. I didn't remember how as I'm watching it. And I got so caught up in all of the things that are going on, mm -hmm. right, that, oh, plus, <laughs> it turns out 
Is doesn't it turn out that his student is the one that was having sex with the one woman? Yep. Yes, his student. I mean, to make it even more convoluted. I know, like, where? how did they get together? <laughs> yeah, how the hell did they ever get together? I know, it, it is a very... Uh, the thing is, I think uh, uh, that's the good thing about this episode is I think the emotional stuff and, yeah. like, the character stuff works so well that you are over-willing to overlook what plot contrivances there are. Mm-hmm. Because there are a few. Yeah, and you don't have... Yeah, you don't have as many contrivances in these shows yeah but this one has got is full of them yeah this one has a bunch of coincidences and plot contrivances that are <laughs> that are legit a problem and i'm not going to say yeah. they're not a problem yeah and but it was nice to see like how did they pack this into an hour and a half I and know. tony confronts the social worker who of course denies it and then yeah. adam comes on to her and want, wants to move out of that area and, and demand and that she her. come with him because yes. that would cut off all of her uh, social connections, and so she would he would only she would only have him to rely on, and he would become in her, ent her entire life forcing her to do whatever he wants. I guess a very excellent depiction of a scumbag manipulator. Yeah, and she does manage to get away. Yeah, but it's only because Tony warned her. Yeah, of exactly before. who he was. Yeah. And and she won't believe it until he she does. actually sees him doing this. Yeah, it's yeah. no, it's it's a very well written character. Yeah, like the social all of, worker. All of the things. Yes, it's like all of the things are. I can't complain about any the, particular detail. No, this and you can't complain about the psychological structure. The psychological structure is great this week. Yeah, you know. So, but. Yeah. Yeah, every now and then. But the plotting is, it's too convoluted for its own good. Like, yeah. when you find, like, as you say, that moment where you find out, wait, his student was the one sleeping with the dead What? What? Say what? <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, it's, that is such a surprise, and it comes out of nowhere, and you're like, but how does this factor? Oh, it's not important to the plot? Oh, okay. It's just another detail. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you didn't have to throw that in. It yeah. was immaterial, guys. Come on. But no, like, I think, again, because it's so emotionally powerful. Yeah. Like, because it's such, and it does such interesting things for the characters. And you have the idea of, you know, Tony, like, couldn't see himself as a father. Uh -huh. Right? For obvious reasons from his own childhood. But can be willing, like, likes the idea of being a mentor. Likes the idea and like having him lose what could have been a surrogate professional son. Like there's, there's a lot for Tony here and yeah. having the, but, and then mirroring that relationship in the way that even that in the same way that, you know, a parental relationship can go so horrifically wrong. We see how this mentor relationship that is the dark version of what Tony had with his student happening with the killer and his protege. Yeah. Right. So it's like it mirrors stuff in a very interesting fashion. Yep. So, yeah, just a very good episode that is just too convoluted for its own good in a couple of ways. Yeah. But other than that, just a very solid episode overall. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. It has a has a solid ending. Mm -hmm. Oh, that really guy's, solid ending. You know, I mean, you feel so sorry for this poor kid. No. Kills himself. McAdam gets it, so yep. okay. uh, no, no tears shed there. Mm. Um, you Very know, satisfying and, finale. But you, every time you get little things about Tony that shows that he does have blind spots. Yep. 
And it's part and, of what makes him such an interesting character. Yeah. And that, of course, by the time you get to the sixth season. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that was this episode of uh, Profiling Criminal Minds and this episode of, you know, uh, Wiring the Blood. What's uh, next week's episode? It's called Nothing But the Night. Nothing But the Night. Okay. So that's the episode season three, episode three, Nothing But the Night. Yes. And let's try and watch the same episode and not have that same thing we had happening. Well, I let made sure that it stayed on two. Oh, no, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, I, I checked. But I, I double checked. And let's do that. Whichever of us watches it first, let's make sure we uh, <laughs> don't let it skip to the next episode yeah. and confuse the other one. Uh, but no, this should be good. All right. So I'm very excited for that. We're going to start that up. Uh, but until then, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If uh, you were listening to this in some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find the show. We're going to see you back here next week for more Wire in the Blood. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good weekend. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.